please. Oh, uh, Houston, we've had a problem. We've had a main B bus undervolt. Roger, main B undervolt. Okay, stand by 13, we're looking at it. Welcome to Positive Arse Talks, hosted by Mike. The show that talks all things Arsenal, looking to build a positive relationship amongst the fans and players. Grab your cup of tea and stick around with me. It's Friday, September 18th, 2020, episode 1. A fresh start to 2020. Welcome to the first show. First, I'll introduce myself here, why I started the show, and then we'll get right into the first match Arsenal had against Fulham last Saturday on September 12th, 2020, with a brief overview of the team's overall performance, as well as individual performances. First, my name is Mike, and I'm based in the United States, specifically Pennsylvania. I played football, soccer, I'm probably going to be leaning towards calling it soccer just because I grew up in the United States and it's ingrained in my memory right now by this point. So, anyways, I played soccer from the time I was two years old all the way up until my freshman year of college when I ended up receiving my career-ending sixth concussion. What a number. Although two of them are my own fault, but that's for another time. I've been a fan of the English Premier League since 2002 when I was first introduced to the league by my stepfather. He is a huge Manchester United fan. At a young age, I didn't really pick a favorite team at that point. Instead, just enjoyed watching players. He always had his best friend Brian over. and This man was either wearing a Mark Overmars 97-99 away jersey or a Dennis Bergkamp 98-99 home jersey. Both of which I fancied a lot. As I would watch the EPL, one of the players that always caught the eye was Thierry Henry. Even at a young age of seven, I could see how brilliant this man was with a ball at his feet, and you always had the assumption he was going to score. I didn't really become an overall Arsenal fan until I was in high school and met my new high school soccer coach in 2010. We all went out for food after our season finished up, and we were all given gifts. The gift I was given was an Arsenal shirt that said, Once a gunner, always a gunner. And I remember my coach Jerry telling me, Here's a real team you could support, one that was built upon a foundation of supporting each other as a family. And here we are today as I religiously follow this team season after season and plan on supporting them until the day I die. Through thick and thin, I always consider myself a gooner. And now, the reason I started the show is to spread more peace, love, unity, and respect. We all know what we went through last season as fans and a club overall. There was just unnecessary amounts of negativity being thrown in multiple directions, whether it was at other fans, the players, the coach, or the people at top running the club. It's easy to point the finger and blame others, but did we ever take a moment to look in the mirror and hold ourselves accountable for the mean and discouraging things we said time after time? It's time to start shedding light and positivity, as I, for one, am tired of the plastic fans that complain about the same thing over and over again. If you could play better than any of the players on the pitch, then why aren't you on the team? It all boils down to our very own slogan, Victoria Concordia Crescet, which means, in Latin, victory grows through harmony. Victory through harmony was meant to galvanize us as fans, as we had to overcome the drought we at Arsenal went through. 
What this means is we as fans have to stay in sync with our players on the field. The moment we're out of sync is the moment everything crumbles on the pitch. And all the negative energy we produce from our thoughts and words get thrown at the players. And then that very same thing is returned to us with a bad result or silly play fail for a particular player we just trash from the stands or even at home while we're watching on our televisions one way to bring harmony is to start being more optimistic patient and encouraging sure there might be players that commit atrocious fails give away the ball in dangerous areas or just completely give up on a play Instead of just yelling at these guys for committing these mistakes, why can't we as a whole come together to say, it's alright, you'll get it next time, we're with you, of course, whoever produced the bad play. I guarantee that if we started to build a more positive, reactive fan base, then the players would feel more encouraged and play better and better each time. Last year in September, someone asked me, how do you not get mad or upset about us losing games or tying them? And I replied, someone has to stay positive, otherwise we all lose ourselves. And what I meant by this is, sure, we're allowed to get upset and mad as fans. There were certain scenarios that would happen where someone would play a ball to an opposing pl uh, player on the team or just flat out give up on the play and it would piss me off to the point that I couldn't think straight and would lose sleep over it because I was so stressed about that particular thing happening. It made me miserable and such a pessimistic person towards Arsenal and my personal life outside of Arsenal. It was just a bad habit that needed to be addressed and the only way I got over it was to just go with the flow. Don't assume anything, don't predict anything, and definitely don't react to anything. As soon as I started doing these three elements, I saw things change from both an arsenal and personal life standpoint. I saw more positive friends come into my life, I met more fans that were calm, cool, and collected, just like me, and overall, I just became such a happier person. It's easy to just flat out call a player terrible or say that a coach is the worst coach you've seen in history, right? But... Does that honestly make you feel any better as an individual when you say those things? I don't know about you, but when the tone of my voice gets louder and I'm angry, I just don't feel right. I just want to try to spread this idea of remaining patient and positive. Trust the process. I told people time after time, even when Unai Emery was the manager last year, that we need to remain positive. Some people totally ignored me, and others started to get attracted to the same mindset. It all boils down to solely each individual based on how they want to present themselves. You want to be a crying baby? Or do you want to be a positive influencer? That's the way I see it, and I'm always open to discuss this with anyone. I can't sit here and list a bunch of examples of what is and what is not justified to be upset or complain about. That's just common sense. But ultimately, it is our personal decision to choose what actions we make, and words we say. It's what builds your character as a person. Do you want to be the Debbie Downer? Or do you want to be the positive arse man? Like me. The choice is yours. But enough about that. Since we can all agree this past weekend was very encouraging. 
well, we played against Fulham last Saturday, and the starting lineup looked as such with a formation of a 3-4-3, and in net we had Leno. In the back three we had Rob Holding, Gabriel, and Kieran Tierney. In the four, playing as a wing back, we had Bellerin, and the two in the middle was Mohamed El Neni, Granajaka, and on the left wing back was Maitland Niles. Then, our forwards, we had Willian on the right wing, Lacazette playing striker, and Aubameyang on the left wing, and our subs was Matt Macy, Sid Kolasinac, Danny Ceballos, Joe Willock, Bukaya Saka, Nicolas Pepe, and Eddie Nketiah. Basically, what I think I'll do is go through a brief overview of each player individually, and then we can kind of take a look at the team's performance overall and how we built upon that. But, and Leno, I mean, the man was solid. I will say this much. There was a moment real early on in the match that I'm sure all of us Arsenal fans just kind of got that cringe feeling like, oh no, oh no, don't happen, don't do not do that. And I don't know if there was a miscommunication or language barrier or what was going on in that instance, but around the first minute and a half to the first second minute of the game... I noticed a ball came through towards Gabriel, and it looked like he was about to go after it, but then he kind of just let it go, and it looked like the striker, Callum Wilson, just came up and pretty much stole the ball off of what should have been Leno's ball if he did come out and call for it, but it's really hard to tell if I can hear any of those guys screaming at each other saying, it's my ball, or I got it, other than like a corner where you'll hear Byrne just like scream at the top of his lungs. But in this instance, I couldn't tell anything because the only way that they allow us to broadcast the Premier League games over in the U.S. is that I have to listen to the fan crowd noises. And look, I get it. I like it. I don't mind the crowd noises, and I think it's cool to not make leave it plain, but for me personally, I'd love to hear Arteta scream at the tip of his lungs at his players or figure out what these guys are even saying to each other. I mean, when COVID first happened and all the lockdowns and stuff happened, I just remember watching the Bundesliga the first week that it returned, and given that I couldn't even understand half their uh, voices or their language because they're all mostly speaking in German, uh, I found it interesting to actually just hear half these guys try to communicate with each other and play as a team. Uh, you know, just something more interesting to give it that personal feel as opposed to just hearing the fan crowd noises, which, don't get me wrong, I want fans back in the stadiums, okay? Like... I'd love to see that happen just because it gives it that more uh, atmosphere and tone for the players, whether you're playing away or you're playing from home. But, you know, us Arsenal fans, we're screaming at the top of our lungs, whether it's at the Emirates or away from home in a different stadium. And, you know, I can't wait for the day that that begins. But we ended up winning the game 3-0. That's a great result. And... Rob Holding had a great game. 
uh, Kieran Tierney had a good game. Rob Holding, at one moment in the second half, was juggling around, uh, I don't know, I think it went through two or three opposing players. You don't see that that much. And the ball went up towards Lacazette, and all you see is them two, like, smirking back to each other, and... That's what I'm here for. As a fan, I just want to see the players smiling and having fun. Like I said, Kieran Tierney was solid, playing on that left side. Loves to give the supporting ball up to Aubameyang when he gets a chance. Maitland-Niles was able to compensate in that missed space. Uh, Hector Bellerin was great on the right side, as well as Willian. I think that the two of them really know how to press well because there were a few moments where Fulham's defense couldn't even get the ball out of their own half, and you got these two guys just straight down their throats, okay? They just weren't allowing the ball to go past the 50-yard line, and I think that's something that we have to learn and realize that when we trust this process, it's so that we press as a team. we got to work as a unit. I love the idea of pressing and not just giving space because it sure felt like that was the case when Unai was here and some of his formations where you're just kind of leaving people behind the ball and I'm not particularly a fan of that. I'd rather put pressure on the opposing players so that, you know, you can cause some type of error. I mean, look. It happened a few times in the game against Fulham, and I think that's very promising only to go forward. Mohamed Elneny, I think, look, going into the match, the amount of criticism that I saw about this guy was, you know, it's just how it always goes. Everyone, oh, he stinks, he sucks, blah, 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 blah. But, I'll tell you what. I went in with an open mind. I went with the flow. I thought he had one of the better games on the pitch. I mean, to keep himself calm, cool, and collected, I think he only gave away the ball maybe once or twice that I counted out. And he just did a really good job. I mean, in my eyes, I, I couldn't have expected anything better from the man. And he was able to distribute the ball, and be in the right place at the right time. Granit Xhaka, he's always a good, calm, cool, collected player. No silly, unnecessary fails. There was a few times he tried taking a shot. What was it? The ball went out into the left corner of Aubameyang. He puts it in the middle, and the first goal happened because Xhaka tried shooting the shot from the 18-yard box right in the center. And it looked like it had some deflections. Then the ball came back out to Williams' feet. It hit off the goalie's hands, and Lacazette ended up being at the right place at the right time. And that goal was scored around the eighth minute from a rebound goal. And, you know, fun fact that I actually want to talk about with Lacazette. He's the first player in history to score an opening goal of the Premier League season twice. Okay? That is almost unheard of. Uh... The first goal came in 2017-2018 season against Leicester when we played the opening match for the Premier League of Ma uh, Game Week 1. And he's done the same here in the 2020-2021 season. And that's encouraging because we had some ups and 
downs with Lacazette. You know, people are saying that he's not contributing to enough goals, he's not scoring enough, but he's a workhorse. He's a power horse. I mean, you don't see anyone else that's hustling quite as much as him. Maitland-Niles had a few great plays. He was able to connect real well with Aubameyang and switch places and be where he needed to be. Always got back on defense. It's almost like a stone wall. William. I, where do I even start with this guy? We got him on a free transfer, and it almost seems like a steal. Because, if anything, I want to say all three of our goals came from that man being in the right place or just assisting two of the goals. And William, which is another fun fact, was the first player to assist two goals on his Premier League debut for Arsenal since Ray Parler in August of 1992 against Liverpool. Now, I understand that the opponent might not be as strong as Liverpool or anything like that, but it's an encouraging sign. The guy was able to dribble and be the creative aspect up top for us, an attack that we really needed. And he's going to look really promising, and I hope that he can continue this form well into our season since it's just only begun. Like I said, Lacazette scored his first goal of the season, and he had that fun fact where it was the first of two Premier League seasons. He played really well in my eyes. I mean... You get the same old. He was in the same, right place at the right times. He's able to hold the ball and be able to be that difference maker. And he was actually the reason that one of our goals came from William shooting across uh, the ball to Aubameyang on a switch, which led to him getting the ball from the middle because we were playing out of the back. And it almost looked like a similar goal like we had against Liverpool in the Community Shield just a few weeks ago. And it's really fun to watch that these guys are able to play out of the back and really work well to pull the opposing team into our own half so that there's more space committed between the midfielders and the defense. I see what... Arteta's trying to install with that whole game playing development. I mean, it's working pretty well. There's a few goals that I think came from that very same exact type of play where the ball is staying in the back between the goalie and the center backs, and it goes to a wing back, and that happened a few times right after, you know, he was signed as the manager. He was announced as the manager. And we had... Pierre Bemrick, Aubameyang, obviously he had his screamer. I mean, what what else can I say about that? That is a clear cut, awesome finesse shot right into the top right corner of the net, going into the side bin, coming in from the left side, trying to cut into the center. Just it looked great, and. It's really fun to watch, you know, when you see some of your favorite players able to score and stuff. It's awesome. I mean, there's nothing more appealing to me as a fan than, like I said, to see these guys smiling on their faces. 
and I hope to see a hell of a lot more of that this year. And let's hope that this man, we can help him push to get 30 goals this year in the Premier League because I'll tell you what, I think we have the players that are able to feed and distribute him the ball, and the transfer market's still open. I'm not going to make any transfer predictions. Obviously, there's a lot of noise coming out about particular players, but like I said, I'm just going with the flow. And I know that it's open until October 6, 2020, so we'll see what happens between now and then. And we don't even know who might be departed between now and then. So again, just going with the flow, and we will see what happens from there. But a fun fact for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang after he scored the goal against Fulham. He's the first player to score on match day one in consecutive Premier League seasons for us. Arsenal since Robert Pires in the 2003-04 and the 2004-05 season. And another great fun fact, Aubameyang is the first. He has scored every single time that we've played against Fulham. I apologize. It wasn't the first of anyone to do that type of thing. But he is able to score every goal or every game that we've played against Fulham, and that's amazing in itself. I mean, what's the goal ratio? I mean, every time you play Fulham, what's it, it's got to be over a 1.0, you know? So we'll see what happens with that and that development. And another goal came in through uh, Gabriel. It was actually a corner that came in right after the second half. And William... Played the ball in the middle, and it just looked like Fulham didn't want to defend or anyone wanted to jump and try to challenge that play. And let me tell you, coming into this match, I didn't realize how tall Gabriel is, but oh my word. It looked like he didn't even have to jump for the ball. It just came right onto his head. And, I mean, it's nice to have a big man like that, because the last time we've had a player like that, has been since, oh, I don't know, per Mertesacker, right? I mean, who else has been around that was able to be the big man to get those goals? And one thing I've noticed in recent years is we haven't really been able to convert on set pieces. And I hope that that's to change this year, especially with... Um, Signing in some new coaches that use that tactic specifically. But overall, if I'm to give a team overall performance, we look way more organized on defense. We look collected. We look like we're inviting the opposing pressure to come in only to create more space for ourselves and to become more of a threat on the counter and play out of the back. And it looks like we're having way more possession. And our attacks organization looks so much better. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I felt like William was a centerpiece for that. He was able to dribble down the right side and cut into the middle and switch the ball. and Able to make really great passes and plays and... It looks like he's going to be really exciting to watch this year, as well as the rest of the team. And we shall see what happens with that. But overall, from my standpoint, 
it was really enjoyable to watch. And I hope that I could have some more Arsenal fans or even opposing team fans onto the show so we can discuss some things, but maybe that's something further down the line. But enough with the match. What happened in the middle of this week? <laughs> oh, well, I'm pretty sure everyone's going to know this reference, but he signed the thing. He signed it. He signed the thing. And what that means is we've got Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang who signs a new contract extension until 2023. It was crucial to keep this guy on the squad. I mean, he's been our best goal scorer on this team at this current moment the past few seasons. And it's just really encouraging. And I think that he likes the plan that's being implemented. An idea that Arteta's trying to instill into these players. Additionally, all of our official club statements videos had me in awe of this guy. I mean, his interview with Wrighty was awesome. He chose the path to stay when plenty of others had left. I mean, how many times have we seen this happen in the past? And this doesn't usually happen too much for us. And he did it because he wants to become a legend. I mean, personally saying, personally, I think that he already is one. But now he's just continuing to build a legacy. And we got to reward this guy for his services with more silverware. And that's the way I see it right now. Because I'm sure he had other offers on the line from bigger teams that might have more established players that pretty much going to be able to play very well. And the guy doesn't seem to be slowing down for a 31-year-old. I mean, it looks like he's just getting better and better by the season. And ever since Arteta came into the picture to be the coach of this team manager, I mean, just looks like he's going to have even more goals this season. And I'm really excited for that. He's got full confidence, and I think that he could stay atop of his level and build into an even better player with the players brought into this new system. And like I said, the transfer market's still open, so who's to say that he can't keep that streak going? Now, one other thing that happened during this week that I just kind of want to speak about from a personal level and how I feel about him, but we saw the departure of Emmy Martinez. And I really was a huge fan of the way that he left with saying goodbye because there's plenty of others that don't say goodbye or just leave with no hesitation, right? They're just so sick of what they entered and couldn't wait to leave because ugh, it was just so treacherous and torturesome for them. But this guy came in when he was a 16-year-old, and I love the fact that he's just always talking about how he came in as a boy from a very poor country and left as a man with a wife and a brand-new child, and that's all because of Arsenal. I love the fact that he wants to continue to pursue his career, and I understand that everyone wants first-team football, and he wants to get on that Argentina squad as a number-one goalkeeper, so I don't blame him. Do I think that'll happen? 
I'm not sure. I mean, I got to see how he plays, especially with the new defense in front of him. That's, you know, I don't want to say that some another team's defense is any better or less favorable than our own. But if you look at the names on paper, I mean, it's a bit less favorable than if he's playing for Arsenal this year. But I totally understand where he's coming from with getting first-team football. And I think that was a great idea you know, idea for him and the club, and we were able to get a nice transfer kitty from him. And so I keep saying that the transfer market's still open, and we'll see what happens between now and then, especially with the nice fee that we just received from him. I wish all the best for him, and I hope that he continues to build his career. And anytime we play against the man, I mean, all respect for you, Emmy. I love you. I hope the best. I wish you well. And never forget, once a gunner, always a gunner. And in conclusion for today's episode, I think it's fair to say that the club is headed in the right direction. Arteta's confirmed business isn't done in the transfer market, and after today's press conference, he had one big smile on his face after those two big names were mentioned. And, I mean, I'm not going to say anything because I won't jinx it, but... That would be very nice to see either one of them on the squad. I'm completely satisfied with what we've got. I, going into the transfer market, only said to myself, I would like to see Aubameyang sign a contract extension. And that very thing happened. It took a little while. And I'm really glad that the patience was well worth it. We'll see where that goes, but... Additionally, I was brought to tears out of joy from the last few promotional videos Arsenal have released. <laughs> the one with Arteta discussing the non-negotiables amongst himself and the players. I mean, that just hit home for me. I mean, building upon this foundation that Arsenal is a family. And we're going to hurt each other. We're going to lash out at each other. But it needs to come from the right place. It's got to come from our hearts. And the revealing of Alba's contract extension with a comparison to Arsenal's legends and calling this club, team, his family. It brings back a belief I haven't felt in a long time as a fan. And Alba's right though. We are a family and we need to stick together. Like Arteta said, it's okay to raise our voices as long as it comes from the right place. Respect, humility, and belief is what we need to instill in this club. We all go through thick and thin together, and this is what builds us up together. Join me on this journey to promote positivity and instill belief into the non-believers, for we are the Arsenal. Join me at again next week on Wednesday for a new episode and don't forget to follow me on social media if you'd like to keep in touch links will be in the description and love and light my friends until next time come on you gunners